0: Between 2005 and 2009, more than 300 girls and women of Malachna were made unconscious and attacked in their own beds. On average, an attack occurred every three or four days. Finally, Liesl Neustrander forced herself to stay awake night after night until she caught a young man prying open her bedroom window, holding a jug of belladonna spray in one hand. Liesl and her adult daughter wrestled the man to the ground and tied him up with baller twine.
1: Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Lit to Lens podcast—a safe place for folks who like the movie more than the book. We are recording this episode on Sunday, March fifth. Welcome to episode number sixty-eight, uh, where we will be discussing the adaptation. Women talking. With me to talk about the adaptation is the Narfa Haven, Belladonna Sprayin, and Minute Taking Mister Aarik. Say hello to the people. Eat.
0: Hello. Can you say that one more time so I can uh, get that for the record on my on my notes taken. here? Minute taken. Yeah also uh you buried the lead uh sunday march 5th is your birthday so happy birthday will allegedly uh that's
1: what it says on my birth certificate so yeah you're not yeah. i don't know how official that is but
0: well that's a good point <laughs> I think there's a lot of yeah there's a lot, <laughs> a lot of, of questions there, yeah that's right that's right that's right uh well happy birthday uh thank you you know i'm sorry we have to spend it talking about women talking
1: yeah well but here we are honestly i wouldn't want to do anything else well a, a different book this, perhaps review this adaptation yeah Maybe a, yeah, maybe a better adaptation. We'll get into it. One w- that was more fun, out. you know, more enjoyable. Yeah, <laughs> less uh, less heavy. Yeah, heavy on the themes and the um, material that we are discussing. But thank you, I appreciate it. Um, Thirty two for those who don't know. You're just gonna put that out there. In the yeah, room? I'm gonna let everybody know. <laughs> fucking old I am, and uh, it feels good. It feels pretty good. I I don't know. This has not hit me in any way, at least yet. So
0: you haven't bought your like sports car just yet
1: no i mean that'll be when i'm 33 i think yeah, yeah. next year if okay. i have enough money for it which i probably won't but well, yeah. it'll be a
0: cheap one well, i think in your midlife crisis you, you don't worry about the money you just do it yeah that's would, true you trouble. just pay the loans yeah
1: How, you're 31
0: that's right okay for a few more months here
1: you have a you have a, a nice birthday a little yeah. june birthday a little june birthday flag day yeah we'll record a broadcast on my birthday yeah we'll have to just i'll so be wearing a tank cool. top and it'll be <laughs> an it'll be american hot flag of... yeah 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 <laughs> well cool thank you very much um before we get into the adaptation here, we got to go through some fast facts. So the book was written by Miriam Taze, um, author of A Complicated Kindness and All My Puny Sorrows. Uh, the book was published in January 8, 2018 by Knopf. Um, I think that's how you say it. And then the novel was a finalist for the Governor's General Award and a Trillion Book Award and was long listed for the International Dublin Literary Award. Uh, with all those awards, it still has a Goodreads rating of 3.61. Um... The movie premiered at the Telluride Film Festival on September 2nd, 2022, and had its wide theatrical release in theaters uh, late July of this year. So, it was written and directed by Sarah Polly. Uh, the film stars Rooney Mara, Claire Foy, Jesse Buckley, Ben Whishaw, and Frances McDormand. Nominated for two Academy Awards, including Best Picture and Best Adapted Screenplay, uh, the Rotten Tomatoes score of 91% and a Metacritic score of 79. Eric, can you give us a quick recap?
0: Sure can. Women Talking tells the story of a group of women in an isolated religious colony who, upon learning that the community's men have been drugging and raping them for a series of years, spend about 24 hours talking through what they'll do, stay, fight, or leave. Um, Themes of power, religious devotion, and sad boys feature prominently.
1: That's true. Sad boys do feature prominently.
0: It's It's kind of like the book has a lot of sad boy energy. It does, yeah. For a book called Women Talking, it's like... Very sad boy.
1: It is sad boy. So it's weird I didn't identify with it.
0: Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that, um, is, that is weird. Yeah, that is weird. Maybe you're not a sad boy like you like think. You know,
1: which is which should be good news. Yeah, I mean, don't nobody wants to be a sad boy. Which right. are
0: you identified as a sad boy, and then when you didn't recognize a sad boy in the mm. wild, I think that kind of tells you. Yeah.
1: yeah okay. so where maybe you, I'm growing. Yeah, you're a happy boy. <laughs> <laughs> So, before we get into the adaptation and um, all that comes with it, um, we are going to do a little game here that we love to play called Two Truths, One Lie. Eric, are you ready? I'm ready. Number one, this is the second Ben Shaw adaptation for the Lit to Lens podcast. Number two, suicide is a recurring theme in Marion Taze, Taze's novels. And number three, this is Sarah Polly's first Academy Award nomination. Eric, what are we thinking?
0: Hmm. So number one, Ben Wishaw, uh famously, perhaps, perhaps <laughs> not famously, uh stars in Cloud Atlas, mm-hmm. which is a uh adaptation we did was that in twenty twenty? Like the end of twenty twenty, perhaps? End of twenty twenty one. time is last time is all relative. I don't yeah. yeah,
1: I'm not sure.
0: <laughs> since uh since COVID started, we did that episode. Mm-hmm. Um so that was an episode we did with Ben Wishaw. This very well might be the second one okay uh, i'm gonna say that's true though uh i've n- never read a marion taves novel so i have no idea what her recurring themes are and i don't think i've seen a sarah paulie movie so i have no idea if anything that she's done has uh resonated with oscar voters so this is a coin flip this is a total coin flip i know this is her first movie in like 10 years mm-hmm. so um i'm gonna say that because she doesn't work very much that this would be her first academy award nomination so i'm gonna say that's true and I'm going to say the lie is that suicide is not a recurring theme in Marian Tate's novel. And that this just seems like a stupid answer. Now that I'm saying it <laughs> out loud,
1: <laughs> I would never come up with something like that. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, you're, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. You, should, you should have trusted your gut. Um, So yeah, this is Sarah Polly's second Academy Award nomination. Her first came in 2008 for um the best adapted screenplay uh, nomination for the film away from her, um which stars, Uh, Julie Christie and some other people Hmm. based on a book by Alice Munro called The Bear Came Over the Mountain. Oh, okay. So, um, so yeah, so this is her second nomination for that and then um, what was her other one? Miriam Taze, yeah, so she actually, apparently it's a recurring theme in in her novels because she, her father apparently committed suicide and then her older sister as well committed suicide um, unfortunately. While she was, you know, growing up. But um, so yeah, so that I mean that we'll get into that later. But that is also a theme in this book that we just read, um, as well as a little bit in the movie, maybe not as much. Um, but we'll get into it. Yeah. Okay. So another game that we love, well, that I love. I'm not sure. I like it. I like it as well. Okay. Good. Yeah. Uh, Over under. So the number is 10.5. The subject is number of times the Excuse me. The number of times the cast has been nominated for acting academy awards so we have do you want me to relist the no the stars you know them
0: yeah claire foy rooney mara jesse buckley and Frances mcdormand so Frances mcdormand is like the one carrying water here i think because she's won twice i believe and probably been nominated a bunch of other times mm-hmm. so i would imagine she's doing like half of this number m- maybe even more uh, because claire foy all the other women are relatively new i think jesse buckley is like last like three four years that she's popped same with claire foy rooney mara a bit longer in the tooth famously in i keep saying famously this episode she's in <laughs> social network another little Lins, uh mm. podcast episode mm-hmm. and she, I, I imagine she got nominated for that uh okay so i'm thinking that there's just not enough claire foy and jesse buckley love yet to get to 11 so i'm gonna say under 10 and a half final answer you are correct there we go
1: we're the num- back the number is actually nine but i was like let me just make it double digits to make it feel a little better um so yeah so uh <laughs> you were right uh and that Frances McDormand has a lot she's got six excuse me she's got six nominations rudy Moore has two for carol and the girl with the dragon debt two and then uh claire foy um or is it was buckley has one for the lost daughter
0: but none for claire foy
1: yeah none for claire Foy, okay. which is actually kind of surprising i thought she had gotten one for that um the damien chazelle first man yeah movie. but yeah so congratulations
0: uh thank you this Is it a-
1: surprising at all that no not enough love for claire foy or jesse buckley i'm not
0: surprised because i i guessed correctly yeah <laughs> i did the analysis <laughs> well in my told. mind well played. um and i knew well i was
1: confident do you know how many Academy Awards Francis McDormand has won, including product producing?
0: Oh, um, so I think two acting, because I think if you get three acting, that kind of lifts you into a different stratosphere. So I don't, I don't think she has three. So two acting, then let's give her like mm, three for producing. So let's call it five.
1: Um, the number is right. Oh, okay. But they you're uh, my math is your wrong. Your math is wrong. <laughs> so which movies did you think she'd won?
0: Uh well she, for acting. Uh she just won for Nomadland, right? Mm-hmm. And Fargo, maybe? Mm hmm. Some makes two. And there's one more. So she won a third. Okay.
1: Three Billboards.
0: Oh, uh, okay. So But
1: she also produced Nomad Land and Actually, so wait, hold on. It's four. She's won four. Sorry. She's just one, the producing for. So three for acting
0: Land. and one producing for No Man Land. Yeah, okay. There you go. And she produced this movie as well, Women Talking.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So she's nominated for that. Yeah. Um, I know nobody wanted that, but we gave it to you anyways. So it's
0: just you know people people like to carry facts around at their back. Yeah. yeah well, just to have.
1: Yeah. I mean, who doesn't, right? Yeah. So, okay. Before we get into the book, uh, we're gonna listen to a brief ad from one of our big sponsors here, and uh, we'll be right back.
0: This episode of the Little Lens Podcast is brought to you by the league of men who listen at LMWL. We believe that good ideas can come from anywhere, not just from men. And whether you're deciding to rewrite the constitution of your Mennonite community or simply looking to contribute in the workplace, the league of men who listen do just that. Listen, when women are talking, there are still men who listen.
1: And we are back. Uh, thank you for listening to that brief word from our sponsor, the league of men who listen. Um, They've been kind of underground for a while, but they're kind of bubbling up recently with this movie. Obviously, getting them some uh publicity. But they've always been supporters of the pod, and we, you know, we just want to shout out them and appreciate their support.
0: Yeah, if only this movie like made more money, I think their message would have gotten out like a little more broadly. But mm-hmm. it is what it is.
1: Yeah, you know, sometimes you can't always win. But yeah. I think with our podcast, it'll kind of boost them over the top.
0: Who do you think listens? Do you think more people will listen to this episode or watch the movie? Cuz that the movie made like 6.8 <laughs> million, which is really nothing. Yeah, yeah. Especially for a movie that is nominated for best picture.
1: It's still the movie, unfortunately. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I Unfortunately, I wish I could say the podcast, but it's still it's I wonder if you did the look. if
0: you do the math like how, how many, many people is 6.8 mm, million? It's probably still like 100,000. So a 000.
1: lot, yeah. Cuz uh, ticket prices are probably me- median now is like 12 to 15. Yeah. And how many is that? 15. How many is 100? How many times is 15 in 100? (laughs) (laughs) This is not our (laughs) strength. strength. (laughs) This is why we did not do math. Anyways, um, we're going to talk about the book. Uh, We both read it. I finished it this morning, probably like two hours ago. Um, Crank through it. It's not a long book. It's about 200 pages or so. Uh, Before we get into the book, I want to make sure we do our favorite segment here called Pitch Me Daddy. Eric, take it away.
0: Yeah. So what I have for you today is an incredible and horrible story of the mistreatment of women by men. In 2021, seven men in an ultra-conservative Mennonite community in Bolivia were convicted of drugging and raping more than 100 women. Uh, It's really just a disgusting story. And the author, Miriam Taves, herself, an ex-commuted Mennonite, imagined the woman's response to this crime in the book I hold virtually in my hand, Women Talking. The book imagines these women's decision whether or not to leave the colony once these crimes uh, came to light and has a very clear connection, I would say, to our current public discourse, given the ongoing Me Too movement. Um, the book is is very dialogue forward, which means it'll also be a showcase for three lead actors around movie star age, which I know, having talked to you several times now, you're kind of looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's a little dark, but I think it deals with important themes and it can also be made for cheap because all you really need is a hayloft um, and some good, you know, land on which to build it. And I think we can get a few Oscar noms, turn a profit. Mm-hmm. Everyone goes home happy.
1: I like it. Okay. It Let's resonates, it. you know, with
0: 2023.
1: and We just need, we need the top actors, actresses. Yeah. We need the top, to be top.
0: Yeah. It's kind of a weird thing. I think it, for both men and women now, the sort of like, 32 to 35 year old movie stars doesn't really exist like it's it's like Claire Foy is that but she's not really a movie star she was in The Crown for two seasons but is like famous enough to do this but also you not you mean for women or I think g- both in general yeah like there's not a movie lot star? of like movie stars our age
1: how uh, old is Jessica Chastain I think she's probably in her 40s she might be actually. or almost
0: 40 yeah Michael B. Jordan like, would be a good one but he yeah uh,
1: well he's a movie star
0: yeah I just think there's few. Yeah. Not yeah. as many as there were. It's
1: it's more democratized. Yeah. With all the different platforms these days. But like, I guess Jennifer Lawrence, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. She's kind of fallen off a bit, but. Yeah. Um, well, there's Jenna Ortega now. She's 20. She's 20 years old. Yeah, she's Jesus.
0: young. I was looking this up yesterday because <laughs> I, I watched the second episode of Wednesday yesterday. Or two days oh, ago.
1: Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. That's crazy. I always feel like actors are older than what they appear that's just kind of my assumption nowadays because like timothy chalamet is like 28 or something 27 yeah and like he seems like he's you know 17 yeah so i just like apply that math to whoever i see yeah Yeah. oh jenna ortega she's probably like 31 32
0: (laughs) yeah that's fair but um but yeah so i think i think there's a lot to like in here i think Mm -hmm. this book is very sellable as an idea of like make it for cheap you can have real people in it um It'll be dark and probably not very commercial, which, you know, ipso facto.
1: <laughs> that's how you get, uh, that's how you win awards. Baby. Yeah. But there's a
0: lot in here that's, I think, very resonant with today's society that I think people are like itching to, to dig
1: into. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to ask you, like, do you think this movie would be made like pre-Trump era? Uh, like pre-2016? Um, that's
0: a good question. Probably, I mean, they made so many more movies before, so maybe just the fact that like they would have made like six other movies in addition to this one, mm-hmm. so that uh, the numbers would have said yes. But I, 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 I think I know what you're meaning, just like the content of it, and if it's like, it just fits with the narrative Hollywood's trying to tell mm-hmm. right now, so mm-hmm. that's why it's made. I don't know because it's not. Oh, we can get into it. It's not like a very. It's pretty it's heavy it's heavy but it's also pretty simple which is that mm-hmm. like these women are in a hayloft for 24 hours to determine one thing they have three options they have one night they have to make one choice mm-hmm. like it's it's very good fodder for story because it's like you have the engine you have a ticking clock like they have to make a decision for the men come back mm-hmm. because if when the men come back they're not going to be able to like right. leave yeah i'm going to keep them there right and so there's just it's it's a really good engine to it however you fill the rest of it with just conversation and it's not like it's just conversation it's i mean we'll probably talk about this later too but it's like it, this is a play yeah mm-hmm. this is a yeah. play mm-hmm. um and it just happens to be a movie mm-hmm. and so in a book in a, a book but really this is a play yeah I, and, I definitely agree with that um because it's not about like it's about them making one decision over the course of a night. Mm-hmm. It's not a bunch of mini decisions that layers into a larger decision. People don't move around. Mm-hmm. They really just like sit and talk it out and then do the one thing. Yeah. So it's it's in a way like very simple and very empty, although there's a lot of like ideas thrown at you mm-hmm. plot-wise. There's it's just like you're just sort of watching interesting people say interesting things. Yeah. Yeah. Um So anyway, I didn't even answer your question which is like do you think it would be made before 2016? I don't know.
1: Um I mean it's definitely like a you know a relevant story to any moment in time right yeah. like it doesn't I don't I don't mean to like just focus on this one moment being like the the Trump whatever not the Trump era but like certainly after 2016 happened things changed significantly um in our country so it's like it just feels Well maybe it's
0: because like extra it's extra powerful right Maybe. yeah
1: like in and timely and maybe because it's with she said like they both kind of came out at the same time they're both not saying the same thing but similar um have similar themes around them um it just feels like this is sort of a moment for for that story um but yeah i mean yeah
0: It's definitely one thing for a movie to be made, but I think another thing for the movie to kind of catch fire like this, Mm. I mean, it it made $6.8 million, so catching fire, I'm using in quotes, but for this movie to get a best picture and a best adapted Oscar nomination feels like more weighty than (laughs) Mm. it otherwise would be. Like this is kind of like one of those festival movies that gets picked up or not, gets seen or not, Mm -hmm. wins Oscars or not, and it just happened to get nominations. And so I feel like, in a way that, like, she said didn't. So it was almost like, I don't know that you had to necessarily pick between the two of them, but um, since they do share a bit of
1: DNA. I feel like you did have to choose between the two of them since they were kind of saying the same thing. And I would actually have this conversation with you maybe later in the pod about why that is. Because I think that, like, we can talk about which one we liked better, which one we thought was better. But ultimately, one essentially got what it wanted, right? Like, both of these movies were there to prove a, say something um and one of them got to do that a little bit more than the other i would say
0: i think that's probably right and of, of all the movies we've done in this season we picked them for a reason which was that they were the betting favorites right to right. get a nomination and mm-hmm. that's why she said came like several months ago yep, yep. and this one is back here it's because right this now. was more of a surprise a week before that to alert. us yeah, yeah right exactly than than she said was so i yep. think you're, you're probably right in that also, that's we don't have to get into it really, but like the whole freaking Best Adapted like oh, the Top man. Gun. We need to have a separate part for this.
1: Like we need to actually break it down and talk about it because it's actually kind of it's bad. It's pretty bad.
0: Yeah. We Three don't need sequels, to talk about it now, but yeah.
1: we, we need to talk about it at some point. Yeah. <laughs> uh okay. But but before we do that, sorry we got a little sidetracked. Let's talk about like what part of the books uh were you excited to see adapted?
0: Yeah, it's an interesting question, this episode, because I think there's not a lot you can point to in the reading and say like, yeah, I'd love to see that because it's not super visual. Mm-hmm. Like there's a, a couple of moments when August, who is the framing device for the book, he's the narrator, he's taking the minutes of this meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, he will go sometimes like in and out of the hayloft. He'll talk about his past. He'll yep. talk about living in London. Kind of similar backstory to you, like moving to London I mean, you and, know. and moving back to a Mennonite We're um, <laughs> both sad boys. So. Yeah, it's it's just like this, like kind of sit and talk tale. Yeah. Um. Minus there's a like a fire at the end of the book, plus mm-hmm. well, you know, moments when they decide no spoilers yet what to do at the end. There's not a lot of like visuals, not a lot of action, mm-hmm. not a lot of movement. It's really just sort of like, I mean, it's called women talking for a reason i think in some sense so yeah um i don't know to me there's not a lot of obvious moments however i feel like i found more joy trying to think through how this would work like we just mentioned mm-hmm. this is not really a movie this is a play yeah in my opinion mm-hmm. um there's a, a male narrator so would you want to keep that mm-hmm. uh there are other questions to ask like there are there too many characters do you show the abuse how much do you let the camera wander um you know, how much do you de- delve into, like, psychological trauma that these women have experienced? Or do you just do, like, the whole 2012 12 angry men thing? That's, mm. that's <laughs> the number I was looking for, 12. Uh Do you just do the whole 12 angry men thing and just, like, leave it mm. and just let people, uh like, convince each other in sort of, like, a domino falling yeah, fashion? Yeah. Um. So, like, those things are interesting to me. But as far as, like, what I wanted to see, I, I don't know. There's no, like, big emotional speech like a lot of people give long speeches but there's nothing that really stands out as like oh that's the moment that's the thing I just kind of like I read the book and I was like that's the story right and it was I don't know yeah
1: yeah no I I totally agree with I actually wanted it I was excited to see the adaptation to see where they went like because I when I was reading the book I was like they can't just have these women talking in this barn like it's you know they have to sort of like justify the movie-ness yeah you have to like go around you have to provide more context maybe side stories like you know there's a lot you could do with the story as besides from what they did um we didn't necessarily get that but i th- was excited to see where they went um and see kind of like how they changed the actual narrative of like instead of having the meeting minutes um uh, context being like the first chapter of like who is August and like, why is he here and who are the Mennonite people um, providing that context and then just getting into the meeting minutes and then just sort of doing that for like the majority of the movie and then sort of ending it. I was thinking like, okay, maybe they'll provide more of like a story structure of to like even go back further in time to see like maybe who are some of the men. Cause they, they talk about some of the men in the book um, really like maybe only one or two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like oh maybe they'll kind of provide more context around these men and who they are and like you know um and these uh people who are like su- uh, suspected of doing doing these crimes <clears throat> but they you know didn't really do that and um but with that said i, I still like although the book was a bit hard to get through at times because it's such a heavy subject and it's all dialogue forward i thought they had a lot of interesting moments about like what you mentioned with battling of ideas and um, trying to make the right decision and what is the right decision compared to like what we believe and what do we believe? So it was actually kind of a theoretical, uh, theoretical, theoretical book in that in that mindset. Um, the way that Ona kind of like thinks more from a bigger picture of like, if we do this thing, what does that mean for us? Who are we? Are we still Mennonites? Are we like something new? Like, you know, so
0: yeah because i think one of the good things about this book is the sort of like damned if you do damned if you don't solution Mm -hmm. which is like if you leave you do no you would no longer have a place in heaven which for a mennonite is like a very serious deal right so you could leave and be safe but also you would sort of sacrifice this like faith Mm -hmm. in a sense that you have and if you stay obviously you sacrifice your safety Mm -hmm. for faith so it, it is this sort of like dichotomy that makes the decision that much harder mm-hmm. um but i do th- i do think it's really helpful that the decision mm-hmm. itself is so clearly like stated like mm-hmm. we have a choice we either stay or we go yeah and that's all or we, we can fight do, or we fight yeah. and there's like you know areas shades of gray within all of that but it, it kind of just because there's i felt there was like so many people in this book yeah they all have similar names that i had trouble like pronouncing in my head mm-hmm. or recognizing or whatever. Same. Um, so knowing that like, okay, this person is putting forward this path helps you connect to that person. Yeah. Um, so
1: I want to ask you, sorry to interrupt you. That's good. What your thoughts are on having a, like a story structure like this, where you have these women talking and you have a male character taking meeting minutes. And if you're not familiar with what that is, it's basically just meeting notes, sort of like a uh scriptographer or whatever it's called and the type typographer typographer in a uh, legal setting yeah the basically just like taking whatever everybody says he's writing it down whatever's happening he's writing it down um that's not really a normal story structure and narrative for most novels at least ones that i've read um did you like that were you surprised by that like, what were your general thoughts around that?
0: Yeah, it, I mean, it, it definitely is interesting because it puts you at a remove from the action because August, I don't know, there's a whole sect of people who, like, read books and are like, the narrators are never trustworthy, right? The narrators mm. are always lying because it's all their, like, from their lens. You're not getting objective facts, truth right. ever. Yeah. And so there, I mean, of course, there's some of that here. Um, It's, I think there's there's logic to it in that, like, in this place, a lot of these women are illiterate. Mm-hmm. They, that's yeah. like a, a thing. And so if, if someone is going to take the minutes of some meeting, it's gotta be someone who can write. Yeah. But that, I mean, even that is like, is that, do you need that? It's like,
1: I don't know. I guess I'm trying to, I'm, what I'm trying to ask you is like, what is the benefit of telling the story this way as opposed Versus to like straight? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Whatever. What is it? Third person omniscient or whatever is, yeah. the, is the typical narrative yeah. structure.
0: Yeah yeah i mean i think for this story it gives you a person on which to like provide growth like it it sort of like gives you the main character because he's the person you're with and you can get in his head while he's doing all this stuff and it, it might just like be very helpful to have this stake in the ground who's like okay well august is talking august is doing this august is doing that it's not like 15 women just rat at each other mm-hmm. he as you go is providing one layer of context on top of everything which is like and salome who comma is this mm-hmm. and comma says yeah. this mm-hmm. and so i think it is in a in a story that could otherwise be unwieldy um, he provides some glue to interesting, like chime in with thoughts, ideas, little extra tidbits that you, I guess you could do with like third person omniscient, but you uh, might miss a little of the like necessity of that. Like uh, by August being there, he can do whatever he wants. Right. So the story can do whatever it wants. Mm-hmm. The story can provide context where it wants because August is there is doing that yeah versus like a third person omniscient where it's like you're trying to fit in all this information and the reader's like okay you're really just like providing me exposition Mm. and I, i know people rally against exposition at certain points so i think just having august be there allows you the writer to like dip your toe in wherever you want
1: okay and i don't mean for this to come off in the wrong way but like do you think it like do you think this is a lazy form of writing? I
0: mean, I'm okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, some stories need framing. Um, like, the, I don't know, just think about Great Gatsby, right? The Great mm-hmm. Gatsby has Nick. It's called yeah. The Gatsby, but it, it, right. you know, the main character is really. But that's Nick, not written in medium minutes. Yeah, he's not writing it about something else. So you're
1: so I guess like um, I guess I'm my question is kind of like why can't you just still have August and still tell this story from like even before these crimes happened during the crimes after the crimes have this conversation one night and then end the story after they make their decision you know what I mean like why not give the whole story and all the context as it's happening as opposed to like we're doing it over this twenty four hour period. Or whatever. 36 hours. And only this one person. This one, The one male character basically. Is providing the filter. For the audience. As to like what's happening. I guess it's just. A, it, it, I'm not trying to be rude. I don't mean to say it's lazy. But like. It's a very specific. Uh, way to tell a story. And also like. Why tell it this way. Um, and also like when i think of meeting minutes like i cringe right because <laughs> like i remember taking them at you know various jobs and like nobody reads them right nobody yeah unless you absolutely have to like find this one thing like nobody actually goes through and reads them so it's just i don't know it feels odd and unique to me i think that's i
0: think that's totally fair um there's definitely a sheen of like w- what the women are trying to do is very formal like they're really having sitting down really having a discussion about the future of their lives and their lives in this colony community um and, and there's conversation about like the minutes are going to be a reflection of like the
1: historical... what they wanted
0: for the record but you know the men are going to come just, in there yeah. and just like burn that and yeah, that's true they're not yeah. going to really care yeah yeah no one reads the minutes like you said right right um so yeah I, yeah I don't really have a good answer for you because obviously you could do this without the minutes probably i think it might it might be a little bit messier like i I just think having any kind of framing just just tightens things a little bit more Mm -hmm. um but i mean certainly it's not like you need it and i think if you got rid of it there's no reason for august to be there at all he could still be there
1: though like he could still be there in and around maybe like aware of what's happening and providing context throughout right he's
0: not making the ultimate decision He's just, but he's still there.
1: I mean, he's sort of, like, helping, right? And he's taking the meeting minutes, but, like, you could still tell that story without just having the meeting minutes. So,
0: he's helping in that he just provides a male perspective?
1: Well, no, I mean, like, he, he. well, I guess, uh, was he there when these crimes happened? I know he, actually, he recently came back. Yeah. Wasn't from, that the, okay, so maybe he couldn't, he couldn't provide that context. Um you could have another character do that like you could just you don't have to have him leave and come back like you could change that i don't know i guess i just don't see i don't really see the benefit of this narrative form and maybe it's just a creative choice that the author took that doesn't really need it doesn't need to be explained to me right like i guess i'm just trying to work through like why not just tell this a more traditional and you have way more like i guess maybe that's not the point of the book then like the point of the book isn't to like recount like recount these acts Mm -hmm. it's more about like making a decision on the future maybe maybe that's sort of like the point
0: yeah it's somebody who's a fly on the wall during this like very important historical moment for this very like small sect of yeah of society i don't know maybe it's like sort of being in the room when like the Bible's being written or whatever, being in the room when the constitution is being written. Right, right. And there's somebody that is like, who's, who understands the big picture and can sort of like frame out what it is that's happening. Mm-hmm. But like the real work is happening around him. Mm-hmm. He's just sort of there to like collect it all.
1: Yeah, yeah. I guess I could see that. Like I could see that argument where it's like, we don't want to recount the events that occurred because they're horrendous. Um we just wanna like focus on this one moment where they come to a tipping point and they come together to make this like big decision and move forward.
0: Yeah. The 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 thing with Oops. <laughs> we just touched feet. Oh, <laughs> uh, the thing with having August there though, I think, um, as this framing device, is that he needs to have something to do also. Yeah. Like he can't be the main character and just take the minutes. I right. I sort of think there needs to be a bigger reason he's doing this and the book puts forth, and we'll talk about this in the differences, but the book puts forth like a very big August, um, or sort of profile, right? He's yeah. a huge part of the, he's the main part of the book really. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think it, if you're going to put him there, you got to give him, you got to give him stuff. Right. And he is, I think you could probably make an argument. He's important in that he is a man who's not with the men Mm -hmm. because all of the men are gone. Minus like some of the children, like sub 15, Mm -hmm. all of the men are gone except for August. So he is like the one man who's not part of the men, but can sort of understand the psychological bent of men. And he can, I guess, answer those questions that the women might have.
1: He's described in the book as an effeminate man yeah feminine male yeah um he's
0: like sensitive and all that and when i first read it i kind of i thought he might be gay but i I, I think he's just um like in the middle of what you would consider like a hardcore conservative mennonite man and like a mennonite woman i don't know yeah he's he's more modern he because he's the only person really who's left the colony and come back so yeah. he has perspective he has perspective and yeah. maybe that's really what you need is the person in the room who has perspective
1: mm. gives him more credibility maybe yeah interesting
0: he's the one person but to like i don't know because in the in the movie we will talk about this but there it's it's nowhere there it's not in a place really there's it it exists obviously it's in a place but it's right. It's not in like Allentown, Pennsylvania. right, right. right yeah. So they're going to the city. Yeah. Where is that? Where is outside? We don't yeah. really know. Mm-hmm. Um, he does. So I don't know. So so th- there there might just be narrative value in having someone in the room who can a provide the male point of view, b provide the like outside the colony point mm-hmm. of view. Mm-hmm. He's he understands things in a way that they don't, and I guess is can kind of shape their... Decisions. Yeah. So maybe it, it, maybe it's not the the fact that he, maybe it is like you need him in the room and to get him in the room he has to be taking minutes because if he's not doing anything there's no reason for him to be in the room right yeah because he he's not voting correct yeah but because you want him in the room you got to give him a task right
1: he got yeah he's got to do something
0: so that was a long okay. long diatribe <laughs> and I don't even I feel like we got to a good place there that we yeah I think we kind of
1: hashed that out a little bit because I think I feel like we had questions and we relatively answered them yeah um but before we move on to the break in the movie do we like reading the book
0: um it was okay for me i listened to the audiobook which i struggled with uh, i listened to a ton of podcasts like on the go walking the dog driving to work and i feel like my brain is wired differently to listen versus mm. read and so i wasn't able to like highlight passages or take notes because i'm driving and you're like sometimes you feel like you can miss a little bit of something near yeah. there and i don't know
1: i wonder if podcasts kind of ruined audiobooks because it is it's it's much easier to listen to a podcast that's like conversational as opposed to like you know narrative yeah um you have to really be focused on it
0: so. yeah because you don't think about the sentences you don't think about if you're listening to me you're not thinking about the way you structured looking, your words right? yeah yeah you're just you're looking for the meaning you're looking for entertainment for the hot take or the hot take right yeah Yeah. it's you don't have to like process the goodness of every single thing yeah yeah in a way that you would probably want to as you're reading
1: yeah you don't need to be hyper engaged basically yeah
0: so i feel like my podcast brain couldn't turn off and i Mm. I was audiobooking it and so while i got you know stuff it wasn't like the full accoutrement of what i usually get
1: yeah same And i haven't tried to listen to a podcast or i mean excuse me an audiobook in years but i remember i had like I was gifted this like audiobook or Audible subscription. You get these credits every month to buy one. So I had like maybe four or five. I could literally could never get past like the second chapter. It was just like I can't do that. I don't know what the hell is happening.
0: But yeah, so that that kind of I think it led me to be a little bit lukewarm just on the whole. Yeah,
1: it's but so it's a testament to the library and the people who are interested in this book because the ebook was not available i'm still
0: like eight weeks from getting it i'm like 15 yeah <laughs> i guess there's not enough copies but enough i just interest. bought the
1: kindle for like nine bucks or whatever it was okay, yeah. so they got me they got me so,
0: yeah <laughs> i got i got, got by white noise last time i, I oh, bought, did you? bought that for like 15 yeah
1: yeah yeah So they get us. that's okay that's all right we're supporting
0: digital storage just doesn't mean anything
1: <laughs> yeah right um, I liked reading it. Thanks for asking. By the way, oh sorry, <laughs> I didn't even say the
0: whole like spiel. Which oh, go ahead. No, no, you, you go ahead. <laughs> I like I
1: I relatively liked reading it. Uh, I didn't. I liked how easy it was to read. It didn't require a lot of engagement. So for me, it's like, okay, I can get through this a little bit more quickly. But um, I, I don't know. I thought there were moments in the in the book that were not in the movie. and We'll get into that later. That I actually really liked. Um. And I thought it should have been the movie, but um, I don't know the, for the most part, I liked it and I will say I liked it. I didn't love it. Um, I did think the meeting minutes is is a difficult sell for me. Like it's easier to read because you're just reading notes mm-hmm. and not like uh, prose, but um, it's harder to dive deeper into something, into the character's thoughts at all. I mean, it's not really not even their thoughts. It's just what they're saying um so it's 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 very it's a very surface level reading i guess
0: that's a good point that's and that's something we probably should have said is like as minutes he doesn't have access to anyone's thoughts right so it is it is more academic yeah um yeah i guess that's a difference doing the audiobook i didn't see how it was laid out i was Mm -hmm. just being told like things, and Mm -hmm. um that's one part of it i i i thought the book had a really interesting setup i thought like all the speeches were good well written mm-hmm. all that i did have a hard time keeping some stuff together i thought there were too many characters who sounded too similar mm-hmm. i felt at times things were a bit repetitive like they were relitigating the same thing that they had litigated already um like, like they kind of sped up and slowed things down just to just because and mm-hmm. so i don't know um there were there were a couple of re- there were a couple of reveals at the end that did work for me and we'll probably talk mm-hmm. about those and the differences mm-hmm. um but i don't know overall Lukewarm. Yeah. Like uh,
1: some nighttime milk. Lukewarm. Love that for Santa. <laughs> right. Cool. Um, all right. We are going to take a quick break and listen to the trailer, and then we'll be right back. Why does love,
0: the absence of love, the end of love, the need for love, result
1: in so much violence?
0: It was all waiting to happen, before it happened. You could look back and follow the breadcrumbs along the path that led to violence. When we looked back,
1: it had been everywhere.
0: It is a part of our faith to forgive. We would
1: be forced to leave the colonies if we do not forgive these men. None of you will
0: listen to reason. We know that we've not imagined these attacks. We know that we are bruised and terrified. Hope for
1: the unknown is good. Just better than hatred of the familiar. And we could not endure any more violence. We have been preyed upon like animals. Maybe we should respond like animals. How would you feel if, in your entire life, it never mattered what you thought? And we've liberated ourselves. We will have to ask ourselves who we are. and we are back thank you for listening to the trailer for women talking um okay so before we get into the movie eric uh is gonna do his favorite segment here where he learns us something because he is so knowledgeable of all things about everything
0: yeah i don't do any research on these i just know these for (laughs) for true truths uh i do like doing these because then i do learn something myself and if i'm learning something then we're all learning something yeah Sing, That's what it's all about. Sing so. uh religious hymns together in a halo. <laughs> um today we're gonna talk about Mennonites. Well, there are more mm. than two million Mennonites as of twenty eighteen. The United States itself is home to the largest collection of this religious sect in the world, some five hundred thousand. Uh Mennonites are a branch off of the Protestant tree under mm. the Anabaptists, and they are named after a Dutch priest named Menno Simons. Kind of just like naming uh like your followers after you that's yeah, always man, a good that's look how you do it. um i it you know when you get down to like the finite branches off of like religion tree things can be a, a bit hard to parse but they seem to practice they seek to practice early christian beliefs like foot washing communion head coverings non-resistance sharing of possessions and non-conformity to the world oh, wow. um, and you'll find the most mennonites in the united states in pennsylvania ohio and indiana interesting yeah um there's an eastern mennonite university that i think is in oh either pennsylvania or
1: Ohio. Oh, i actually
0: might be in virginia it I, sounds very familiar i remember driving past that one day
1: um this is really interesting Maybe even so, playing
0: baseball at their like stadium
1: foot washing communion i like how you put foot washing first
0: i think it's on on the things i have read it was always first
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> it's what makes them unique did you find the university no oh, i was I you were at yeah that. interesting um so it's Anna in Baptist. harrisonburg virginia
0: eastern Mennonite university is in harrisonburg virginia
1: by james madison yeah interesting and
0: i think bridgewater college i think um if my parents are listening they're probably yelling at the device to tell me i'm wrong but i i think we played <laughs> like a baseball tournament down there and i think we even played on their field
1: oh my god for one game did you, do you remember that at all did you have a good game <sighs> um i don't remember probably i mean probably <laughs> yeah, probably <laughs>
0: they didn't recruit me though that that would have been that's fun. too bad yeah, yeah. you might have been out of their talent level yeah so. they could tell i'm not big into foot washing <laughs> they knew they knew better yeah of course
1: um well thank you i appreciate that uh that bit of knowledge there about mennonites i feel like most people don't know but now they do
0: i like digging into the weird stuff here You know we we did uh like vegans remember mm. in a, a past episode and mm-hmm. then uh who can forget when we did bullet train and we talked about thomas and friends that was really good <laughs> that was <laughs>
1: probably the best one the first one i forgot though for sure yeah 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 <laughs> need to revisit it. um well cool thank you very much for that and uh, everybody for listening you are most welcome um so movie time adaptation time here we go are we ready how would you describe the adaptation literal loose or reimagined
0: i think loose it's not like loosey-goosey, okay. but it's it's a little loose. Like you had it? You've had like two beers and you're feeling good. You're a little loose.
1: <laughs> I would say this is more literal. When I was reading it, I was like, this is... Because I saw the movie. I'd read some of it and then saw the movie and then read the rest of it. I was like, this is pretty cut and dry, like the same story. There are some differences, some things that are left out, but... I thought it would. I would. I would say
0: it's literal. I'm gonna say it's loose because for the first difference that we'll talk about, okay. I think cutting August like almost entirely out totally changes the story. Like the mean? the plot happens the same way, but August I think has like so much weight and power in the book. Mm. Like all of his backstory, his relationship to people in the colony, mm-hmm. including Peters, the leader, who's not even in the movie. Yeah. I feel like it's enough. Getting rid of him makes it to me enough to bump it up to loose.
1: Oh, well, they didn't get rid of him. Let's say that. no, he's still there. He's still there. They yeah. they got rid of a lot of his influence on on the story for yeah. sure, for sure.
0: Should we talk about it? Let's talk about it. Okay.
1: Um. So, you go first.
0: Okay. So August first, big. This is I think the the biggest difference to me. Mm-hmm. So in the book, I'll try to do this fast. He takes the minutes. He um had left the community. Yep. He was, I think, excommunicated, or he, they just told him to leave. Mm-hmm. He thinks it's his fault because he was stealing pears. Remember that. Um, And he's recently come back, and he's a teacher, and he's taken the minutes of this meeting. He functions as the book's main character. I think you would probably say that, right? Yeah, like you just get so. so much of him. Yeah. Um, He's given a, a significant backstory that the internet tells mm-hmm. me mimics that of St. Augustine. Uh, oh, interesting. I, I, I can't speak too much on that, but... Okay. Um like the stealing pears. Mm-hmm. Uh the colony's leader's name is Peters, yeah, very similar to Peter, which is oh. a, a, a biblical reference there. Mm-hmm. Um he is depressed uh, and wants to kill himself, and his reason for taking the minutes is so that he doesn't kill himself. Yep. Ona gives him a task so that he can take his mind off of it and mm-hmm. like remember what it's like to be happy and yeah. um with like friends and, and all that uh and then um, i mentioned peters but it's revealed that the real reason he was kicked out or left the community was because he started to look like peters and so it's implied that peters knocked up his mom and they had to like funnel him out because it was too um sort of like evil Mm -hmm. that's the book
1: yeah there's also a story i want to mention um where he steals a horse in london and gets arrested that's right that is not in the book um which isn't like super important but is like relevant to his character because somebody who's i think he said he was going through a a crisis i can't remember exactly the term he used but um stole 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 a policeman's horse a bobby's horse in london and was arrested for it he
0: he gets like conventional schooling in london he goes to like grade school and then college yeah which qualifies him to teach these kids here okay me. Uh, so that's the book mm-hmm. movie version mm-hmm. film version he is not the framing device he does take the minutes um but what little narration there is comes from M- Marishi's daughter jesse buckley's character. i said Mariche, but Marie Whatever. that's great I, <laughs> however you <laughs> want to figure it out Marishi's daughter uh which is the jesse buckley character her daughter mm-hmm. is speaking to ona which is the rooney mara character's unborn child yeah and i think it works um but i i think just the fact of like eliminating his framing you have to eliminate all of his backstory it would, just wouldn't make sense to have this character who's not doing anything actively also get all of this history yeah so like sad to see you go love to watch you leave kind of yeah, thing yeah, yeah. this movie is at hour 45 and i i think there's probably like 30 minutes of august stuff that got cut out yeah, you could have sure. I, f- sure. I heard Sarah Polly, the director, talk about this, mm-hmm. and they actually in the script they actually filmed August narration mm-hmm. and backstory, and they like saw it in the editing room and just cut
1: it really? out. Interesting. Yeah.
0: So then they redid the narration in post. They had interesting this child actress like record a bunch of stuff.
1: I wonder why they thought it didn't work. I mean, I guess it's more it provides more significance to the story too. Have the meeting minutes read to Ona's unborn child to give, well, to give the context to the child. But the, I mean, how the child would take that is, you know, questionable. I guess it, it makes it gives them sense of like why they are where they are.
0: Yeah, and maybe there's a a bit more of like future casting to it because August is ultimately left behind in both in both the book and the film. Yeah. He doesn't travel with them, so maybe allowing someone who's with the traveling party to do that mm. both gives you a sense of like their ultimate safety and like the, we did itness of the narrative.
1: Yeah. I just, I'm thinking now, like would I ever, if that were ever happened to like me or somebody that I knew, I would never tell that child. I don't think I would ever tell the child, like the circumstances of like their, mm. you know what I mean? Conception and yeah. history and all that. And, until maybe they were like, adult enough to deal with that and that would for me would be like 40 <laughs> i don't know like that would be way on the line uh, but side note yeah
0: yeah i I didn't even think about it from that lens because that's sort like, of
1: what this this movie's doing right it's like
0: here's how you were born and here's how we like dealt with it
1: which is like kind of heavy yeah for i don't know how old the child is but the child that was doing the narration didn't seem to be much older doing the narration than where they were in the film so
0: but we don't do we even know if she like told her or if she was writing that down or how that was conveyed other than in just like voiceover i don't know maybe she's just like singing to a belly kind of could have been something like that
1: yeah it could have been so maybe we're reading too much into that yeah I i
0: mean i think it i think it i think it works fine yeah i think I think I'm I'm much happier that this movie is an hour forty five than two fifteen. Well, that's fair. And so I think once you start making cuts like that, the whole just like the the house of cards falls
1: falls yeah. apart. I do think that there's something lost with August's character though, like For sure. Like he loses a lot of relevance to the story and why he's there. Yeah. Like you get bits and pieces of it, but it's it ultimately this is, this is a story about women and you know, their decision to take control of their lives and which is the m- most important part of this story. And like, maybe people thought, maybe they thought like providing a, this male character prominence over that would like diminish their story in some type of way. Um, so I guess I could understand that argument, um, but you, you lose something you lose his character and what he brings to the community
0: and i think the the motivations are a lot weaker where it's like we want this to be a record like who cares right 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 yeah um he still <laughs> yeah, yeah he still has his his depression is played differently like in the book ona and him have the long discussion about like him wanting to kill himself and she gives him this task and he doesn't here it's with uh salome who at the end, like he gives the gun he was going to use to her Mm. to like help her move forward. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's, I don't know. I felt it was like super unearned. I didn't really understand why he, obviously we read the book first, so we sort of knew he was going to be depressed, but I I didn't feel like the film made him. I don't know. I don't know if the film understood why he was depressed. Like he just like was depressed at the end and he was going to kill himself.
1: Yeah. Like that. I mean, I kind of got that insinuation when he was on the ladder talking to, I can't remember the character's name, but like said, here, take this gun. Right. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The very end. Yeah. Um, And being like, you know, he starts crying again. Um, I was like, oh, okay. He must've like, there's something going on with him. But in the book, it's like, it's very clear. He says it multiple times. um, Referring to suicide, but I thought they did it. Uh, That was like just a weird scene for me. I don't know
0: he has more reasons to be suicidal in the book because he, both he's like a, a a product of, I think a rape, right? I think Peter's raped his mom.
1: That's what it sounds like.
0: Yeah. Um, so once you like figure out that, that's yeah. like super heavy as well. Right. And then he's got unrequited love for Ona, which is its own form of like sadness. And I, mm-hmm. I just felt like things in this movie were less clear. Although, I mean, it's insinuated, right there. They do have like him and Ona have moments together and he, says I love you and yeah. she's like thanks <laughs> yeah appreciate it <laughs> <laughs> uh and, and I actually I, that was I kind of laughed in that moment just because it was like I think I I think I wrote it down but it's basically just like I love you and she's like smiles and then yeah. someone else says like yeah she loves everybody <laughs> and I was like wow sweet <laughs> that really sucks <laughs> um that guy. yeah I, I don't know for me in the movie it was it was less earned it less it made less sense. That we that was the the finality of his character yeah. than it did in the book. Yeah, um and I think by cutting out all of his story, it, it just made it weird, mm-hmm. and yeah. I think unnecessary. Yeah, uh, I agree. But I do want to talk about this. Is not a difference, but Augie August and Ona's mm-hmm. relationship. Like when I first read the book, I think I mentioned this. I I was thinking he was gay, mm. and that's like why he was having trouble fitting into this ultra conservative uh colony mm-hmm. but that's not really ever like made clear and then i also thought it is very clear that he like loved ona um and i was wondering like is ona's unborn child his i couldn't quite mm-hmm. tell they seem to have like a very deep connection there was a couple of moments in the film where uh they're talking about like her child and it like cuts to augie who's like crying mm-hmm. crying one big tear um jesse buckley's character marishna i already <laughs> forgot sure. how we were gonna say it um calls her a whore and an, like an unwed mother yeah and i was like does she know something because mm-hmm. i think if you're if this baby is a product of rape that's not really a fair thing to call some right one unless like she actually had sex with him knowingly yeah. right so i just I, I there was like so much yeah. there that i was like interested in and yeah. we never kind of Got to. delved into yeah. which is i mean fine if that's not the purpose of it but yeah. i just was i was so curious because reading it i was thinking like yeah this is going to be the reveal yeah mm. it's going to be like he impregnated her yeah yeah did he did he like drug her and rape her because he loves her so much I, right right that's kind of where i thought this was going and we didn't fully go there no
1: definitely not yeah that's interesting perspective on it i think i don't think you're wrong for having that perspective i think that those elements were definitely there and th- that could have been part of the reveal but yeah I, I didn't necessarily get that when i was reading it um i think in the movie it, they make that a lot more clear and the book it's a little bit more open um to interpretation but interesting maybe like a like a alternative viewing
0: yeah i was i was looking for it yeah. and i was like signs 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 and then uh you just drove nothing. off the cliff yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing. it was not there
1: yeah um, cool alright so that's difference number one and then difference, difference number two is the setting talk to me about that yeah
0: so we mentioned as we earlier when we talked about the real story here it occurred in Bolivia I, uh, the book is meant to take place in Bolivia I think there's a couple of mentions of like the women not knowing Spanish but they speak this sort of like English German mm. hybrid thing mm-hmm. um, so that's the book and in the movie it takes place nowhere Mm -hmm. and i mean that like there's no marker that says i guess we were talking about this like pennsylvania or whatever um it just is like a place there's the colony there is a city and there's a map Mm -hmm. of i don't know what it was just like directions Mm -hmm. north south east and west here's your uh what is it like the southern moon or whatever navigational thing they talk about
1: yeah he said like, he actually called it like the cross the southern, cross, cross, southern, cross, southern cross yeah which
0: i think is a thing in the southern uh atmosphere or southern hemisphere mm. so i think there's maybe mm. maybe insinuations that this is in also in bolivia or south america somewhere um with
1: a bunch of white people
0: right somehow yeah. maybe but the real crime happened it was all like descendants of eastern europeans in bolivia from like 1874 so yeah, the i do up.
1: know that i mean there were german communities that w- that fled uh like i think former nazis that fled germany after the world war and moved to argentina yeah so maybe they navigated north i don't know yeah
0: anyway point Sorry. about the setting i want to make is yep. that um in the movie it is like so nowhere that mm. it, i think it makes the decision to leave a little bit more stressful because if you have no idea where you are, it's hard to judge what's going to be outside the walls. Yeah. You know what true. I mean? It's yeah. all a mystery. Mm-hmm. It's all empty spaces on the map. Mm-hmm. And so by uh, just removing the geography, I think you make it a little bit more interesting mm-hmm. as to uh, like what's out there. Right. And we know, although I guess like there is that one guy who's taking the census, um, like 2010 census taker who comes through with this. Yeah, his, yeah car and plays a song in the book it's
1: california dream and in the movie it's something else i can't remember the name of it
0: yeah so at least you know where you are in like life or in like years
1: yeah. but like, like that's another thing it's like they would not be doing i mean maybe they did the they would do a census down in bolivia but like i feel like the census is a,
0: a, U, a u.s thing
1: you know plus it was an american guy at least like he was speaking english with an american accent i for me i thought i just assumed the stadium was like pennsylvania because I thought Amish, they seem like Amish people. There's an American. This is like the context we're getting for like what time period this is in. Even though these people are wearing clothes from the 19, 1800s, basically, um, I just assume it was Pennsylvania. But it's possible that it was. Now I'm more confused actually. Yeah. Well maybe it's like
0: uh Springfield, like on The Simpsons, it's just like Springfield. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's not It's a, everywhere. It's everywhere. Every town. It's wherever you saying. it's wherever you want it to be. Right, right, right. But I think for me, I kinda like the idea that you actually have no idea. Right. And they yeah, don't have any idea and we don't have any idea. It's not
1: super relevant to the story, so.
0: Yeah. But I think it also goes to show how freaking similar these things are, that this is like my number two thing.
1: That's true. Yeah. I mean yeah, I guess we could talk about it, but like, is this whitewashing? Well, we I guess we don't know because yeah, we don't know yeah. what the what colony was like in yeah. Bolivia. But it's possible that they were white white Mennonites in Bolivia. Yeah, it's I, possible that they were Latin American.
0: I think they're probably okay with it because it's like all these men, they can be white guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> let, let let them be white. Yeah. We don't need this smoke. Yeah. I guess we don't know. Yeah, we have no we idea. can't make that judgment. But there are, I mean, more Mennonites are in the U.S. than anywhere else, as we learned. That's true. So. That's true. I think it's like the U.S., um, the Congo is really high. Oh, really? And there's another country that I'm forgetting. But yeah, it's sort of like
1: random random
0: yeah there's there's canada too have you
1: side note uh my parents got a knock on the door from mormons recently have you guys been getting that
0: yeah they they come by our house like this house that we're recording in a lot
1: oh really yeah so they're back i feel like i haven't that hadn't happened in a long time
0: yeah i think they sense my weakness and they're like, hey.
1: This guy just signed up to be an HOA representative, so yeah, or president or whatever like, it is. Come on down.
0: <laughs> like no, I watched you Under the Banner you know. of Heaven. I watched. I watched <laughs> Under the Banner of. Heaven. But honestly, probably because I toured the temple last year.
1: Did you really? Yeah. Did I, you have to sign up? I think so. So probably they like had. Interesting.
0: It's probably like a like a marketing ploy.
1: Oh, for sure. How yeah. was that, by the way?
0: It was very interesting um was it
1: cool like a yeah the inside was kind of
0: like a like a very nice 1980s like hotel really yeah
1: that's not what i would expect
0: no it was it was very it was interesting
1: the outside looks incredible
0: yeah it's cool the gardens are perfect the outside is you know tall stately it's got like gold tipped spires and mm. all that stuff but the inside is is not what you would think
1: interesting it's, it's
0: that's the best way i can describe it as like 1980s hotel
1: that's really odd. Yeah. And now I kind of want to do that, but I don't want them to knock on my door. Or well, I guess I live in an apartment complex. Just give a, a like fake name a, and a, <laughs> fake a fake address. address yeah. <laughs> um, okay, cool. You want to move on to the number of, excuse me, the last difference? The ending?
0: Yeah, the ending. And this is bigger, but I, I like to put the ending at the end. Mm-hmm. For, well, I'm kind of like that. Makes sense. So my brain works. <laughs> um, so in the book, it's there's a lot, a lot more happening. So in both... The women decide to leave along with all the boys in town below the age or younger than 15. Um, In the book, there are uh, the Coop brothers, two men come back from the city and just are there. Mm -hmm. And they decide to guard um, this character, Greta's horses, Ruth and Cheryl. If you've seen the movie, Greta is always talking about her horses, Ruth and Cheryl. It's like her whole spiel. Um, So in order to get the horses to help them convoy out in the morning, two young women, Agate and Nietzsche, mm, something like that. Something like that. Uh, lure them into the hayloft with the promise of sex and then Salome <laughs> knocks them out with the animal uh, like spray that they the women had all been like knocked out with. Mm-hmm. So they knock them out and um Augie's left there to like keep watch over them. Then Sa- Salome knocks out her own son Aaron who like doesn't want to leave who's like 14 13 Mm -hmm. 14 doesn't want to leave with the women she knocks him out and then they all together leave in a convoy of buggies movie slightly different um there's no coop brothers to come back from the city this time they make it a little bit more connected to the characters that we've met which is marashe's husband klaus comes back um early just to like i forget what he he's getting more bail money right that's the that's the reason he's back. Yeah, yeah. Um she spends the night with him so it's not clear that the women are like plotting something and for her sins she is beaten um but then he leaves and they're able to continue on. Mm-hmm. Salome still drugs Aaron who t- also still doesn't want to leave and then she has the aforementioned one-on-one with August who gives her the gun he was going <laughs> to shoot himself with. Mm-hmm. So uh, similar some more. but i think the the big difference here is that the returning men the trickle that comes back has a closer connection to like one of the main characters yeah and it is i think like one of the things that pushes her over the edge to want to leave because it's an ultimate recognition of like this is what happens when you stay yeah it's like violence and
1: right all that yeah um
0: so I think it helps it push it over the edge while also keeping things yeah, connected know. to the people that we know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, um, I don't know. I think I kind of preferred the ending in the book just because there was more drama. There was more things going on. There was the Koop brothers, like you mentioned, who were basically going to rap on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the girls, like basically s- selling "Quote unquote," sexual favors. Yeah, at least that's what's insinuated in the book to the Coop brothers in order to, to get their help and compliance, basically. Um, which I understand. I think why they kept that out of the movie, um, especially because the, they were pretty young. Um, but I don't know. I just it, it provided more drama, suspense. It was like we need to leave now. Whereas, um, in the movie, I didn't really get that tension. It was like. Klaus is drunk and he's asleep, so let's go now kind of yeah. thing. Like and they also used in the book they used the uh the spray, I forget what it's called, the uh uh Belladonna spray. Belladonna, yeah. <laughs> um the anest- whatever they call it, the anesthetic animal uh anesthetic, whatever it is, but on the on the ben. So that would have been Yeah. I don't know, I feel like that could have been an opportunity to Say fuck you to the to the men, kind of thing in the movie, right? A big, uh... but they didn't really. It's funny they kept the men at a distance in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, they did not have any close ups of uh, only the children, and then of Ben uh, of August. But Klaus was uh, afar. They actually didn't. There's one scene in uh, kind of the middle of the book where uh, Klaus finds out about the meeting that's going on, and he actually it goes to the meeting uh and confronts them. It's like, what the hell's going on? Why are you guys in here? And they basically say, Oh, we're we just finished uh quilting a I forget what it was. F- finished quilting something for the co-op, whatever. Um, and he's questioning them and then he gets into it with August and questions August's mainliness. Yes, yes. Um, yes. which I thought was a great scene and I kind of was like why not show us this villain character? Like why not just give that to us? Why not have us have us have a visual rep- representation of the antagonist? Um you know what I mean?
0: I think that's totally right. Uh there was no like pressing obvious need to get out. There was no person that was hopping in halfway and mm-hmm. like really underscoring the fact that like this is what life is like here. Mm-hmm. You need to remove yourself. Uh I think I guess the closest we got was what's her scarface scarface yeah. jans which is the francis McDormand character who yeah. kind of just like yeah. looks at a distance and like kind of sneers and it's like look at these women pass like, off her judgment yeah yeah she's she's a she's a sayer mm-hmm. um yeah. but that's as much as you get as a like an active antagonist there's yeah. n- there's nothing really stopping these women from doing what they want to do and so in a sense that allows you to put more weight on the conversation mm-hmm. At the same time, because it's a film and you have to like make it a film, you don't get that much as much conversation as you might like think. Right, right. Because mm-hmm. you want to go around like there's they take breaks, there's like flashbacks to mm-hmm. some of the abuse. Although so they don't they don't show it, they kind of show like some reaction to yeah, it. Yeah. Um they show some of the, like the the aftermath of the abuse. Like when um Nettie Melvin talks to her brother like through the wall, and it's like, hey, I'm not sure this is your baby, but I think it might be.
1: Yeah, what a weird scene! But that it, was. like,
0: I miscarried. Um, yeah, that was that was.
1: Heavy. Yeah, and then the blood on the wall. I mean, it was. Yeah, there were a lot of scenes like that. I was like, oof, like, yeah, intense.
0: But I think your your point is well taken that there was no like active antagonist to yeah. stop them from what they were doing. They could, they were. It was very easily. They just needed to convince themselves that the right thing to do was leave.
1: Yeah. And I don't know, like when that one scene where we actually get to see Klaus, he's walking back. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you felt. Like, obviously the women were like, oh shit, he's back. Like we need to go. But I didn't get that sense when I first saw his, oh, this is like one of the men who lives in, lives in the same place as them. Like, is he good or bad kind of thing. We didn't really get a lot of contexts around like, who was really involved in these crimes? Who did them? Were they boys? Were they men? Who were they? Like, you know, we don't, the only context we got around Kloss was that he was a drunk and he hit his wife and this, and his kid, but we didn't get that till after that happened. So like the scene where he's walking, I, we don't have any context around like, is he a good guy or a bad guy? Yeah. We only get that after it happened. So like that scene kind of falls flat with me. Um, whereas you could have made that scene like, oh fuck. If you had had that before scene where he confronts everybody and is like. What the fuck Which yeah fuck you guys doing in here
0: but i buy that and I, I think too there's this when the census taker does come by mm. it's just a, a random man like driving through town and people aren't like necessarily freaked out by it they're just sort of like watch him and then the two younger girls like go up and run to him and uh, he's creepy to them but there's not like a level of scaredness that i think would make sense for this to especially explain why they would want to leave so bad because mm. yeah. i think that like ties into your point which is like if it's hard to know yeah other than the fact that we're told Mm -hmm. we don't we don't see a lot of like klaus being angry or whatever like being afraid of this random man driving through town yeah
1: yeah it's another weird thing it's like he's in this white truck with a air horn and he's saying come on out if you want to do the uh, 2010 census it's like okay well first of all it's not a very official looking truck like who is this fucking guy um and then obviously, okay, nobody comes out, so maybe they're familiar with him. They're not really, like, hiding from him. They're just yeah. sort of like, okay, this guy's here all the time. Like, just ignore him. But then the two girls go out there, and the girls have a conversation with him, and I-, I didn't get the sense that they were creeped out by him, but they were like... No, but he was being creepy. You think so? Well, he was like, you guys have boyfriends? Did he say that? Yeah. Oh, okay, maybe I missed that part. um But yeah, I guess it was a little bit like... I don't know. I didn't get this it was just a weird, I didn't really like, what's the point of this? The point is to like provide you context around the time of where we are. There's just another scene. I was like, okay, this is, I didn't really get the full context here. Like yeah. the scene where Melvin, I forget before he, she be identifies as a man is raped by her brother. That It's a very quick thing. And maybe I just missed it where like, like what happened there? Like there was a scene where she's crying outside and the brother or whoever is on the other side, you don't see them. It's a lot of that. It's a lot of like, we're going to show you the minimal amount of this as possible. So you don't get the full context. It is a bit like. It feels like kind of like gating. Like we're, we're trying to prevent you from seeing something here.
0: It is a bit like the, she said, Weinstein yeah. solution, right? Which mm-hmm. is to show you very little of this person and, right. and these abusers. Right. And it, yeah, it is very, it's definitely very purposeful
1: i didn't Um, like it i just i was like give me give me the context give it to me i need to understand what's happening here yeah or i mean
0: for me i would be i would be just as happy for me i would be just as happy with like a very insular movie that's just conversation and you like figure out Mm -hmm. what's going on Mm -hmm. through the flying of words but that again is a play and I, i think this works as a play if you're gonna if you're gonna do that and like background all the men I think I think you can, but then it's like harder when you do these little interludes, but they don't make mm. the sense that they should make. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like why? There's no reason to have it then. Right. Exactly. Don't have the interludes unless they're gonna do something for you. Right. So just keep it keep us tight to the women. Yeah. That's where I've landed. There
1: you go. Was the adaptation successful?
0: Um, I think not. I think it wipes too much of the like religious undertones out of it. And it was also a bit afraid to have Too, well, I think it was kind of afraid of the medium. It was like, we know we need to be in the barn, but also we know we can't be in the barn the whole time. So as we just litigated, like they showed, (coughs) as we just litigated, they showed scenes of them interlude, interlude scenes, cut scenes, that didn't do a whole lot, but right. you had to have because you couldn't just be in the war the whole time. And so I, I don't know. I was, it was like a, a lot of everything, not enough of one thing, missing antagonist pressure, you know, like pieces of a jigsaw puzzle, but not like put into place yet.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, we, yeah, I, I totally agree. We, we didn't really get the context or I didn't get the context I was looking for. Like you mentioned, we kind of wiped over the religious undertones of it. There's a portion of the book that I remember reading that was like, as women of the community, you're basically there to serve the men mm-hmm. and you are there. Even if it's your child's funeral, you are there, basically there, you're expected to go there and to listen and not say anything. Basically, you're there to go and have the, even if it's a child, like a 15, 16 year old child who's considered a man, they are supposed to run the sermon and say their piece of the child who passed. And the mother's basically meant to say nothing. Yeah. It's like we didn't get that context at all in the movie. Like that's a really interesting context for me. who's somebody who doesn't really know about anything about Mennonites, uh, about their culture, that just like wasn't there.
0: Yeah, not enough a sense of like the community itself. Mm-hmm. I, I Yeah, I think that's right. But do you think do you think we have problem with this movie because we're men, and like, it's not as obvious to us that like oh men are. I mean the you know uh, this could be seen as simplistic but it, it could mm. just be like oh well men are dangerous but like as men do we see men as dangerous and maybe that's like a maybe. a thing that's holding us back I don't know I'm throwing that out Well no so I mean, I'm throwing that out there at the 2 hour mark of
1: the podcast so <laughs> is- right right <laughs> we're getting into the good stuff now Yeah I think I do think that's a fair question cuz like I do think the movie does a good job of um explaining why men are dangerous right because they ask a question like you know, we want to bring the children, the boys with us. Yeah. Right. But like, w- at what age are they no longer boys basically. Right. And they're, they basically had a conversation of like, is a 13 year old boy dangerous to us women? It's like, well, yes, potentially like they are going through puberty. They're illogical beings. Um, They're irrational and they're impulsive, but they are like becoming these like strong individuals physically. Um, so yeah they do potentially pose a threat and it's like well that's a that's a fair f- f- argument that like i probably wouldn't have wouldn't have thought of um but yeah maybe we're just missing the point of like it's not really about all these intricacies of the control of these men over these women it's really about these women coming together and making a decision that's in the best interest for them and disregarding everything else it's like yeah we have Come across this thing, and we are going to vote on these things. It's a very, it's a, I, the reason I brought up the Trump thing earlier was like they had the they had a vote, they literally had a vote, right? And the women voted on what they wanted to do. It was a very democratic process, right?
0: Except for the voting machines that were like they were rigged, right? Right yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and they did this, they had this whole process that was very democratic and it very just reminding me of like you know, um what's kind of happening today in today's society. Um, Which is, there's no right or wrong. It's just sort of like, it almost feels too on the nose for like, you know, today women need to stand up against Trump. And it just feels like that's who they're targeting. That's the audience that they're targeting for this movie, right? Like they've made this movie for those people. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying like there's something wrong with that. But um, I do think that it was a little bit too much in that vein like we did because if you did add the um religious aspects and stuff you can sort of poke holes kind of like what we're doing in the story itself um around the film and stuff but maybe it's just maybe the movie just serves that purpose yeah and maybe we're like overcomplicating it and like i don't know trying to come up with excuses as to like why they didn't include things, and well, that's what we do here. But yeah. like, <laughs> fuck, we have to shut this down. <laughs> but maybe it's it, it is more like simplistic and more general than the than the book originally was.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I that seems to be the case a lot of times. And I I don't know that it necessarily has to be the case, but it, I just it didn't feel as full of the life yeah. that it could have been, could have been yeah. um and i think just missing that made everything feel just like a little bit shallower mm-hmm. um, but there is interesting stuff in the whole like nature versus nurture discussion you talked about the kids where it's like you know at what age at what age do they stop learning things at what age are yeah. these kids like like actually bad set now? their ways right, right. Yeah. yeah so like he's 13 he's he may be going through puberty but he can still be taught and therefore right. he's still worth saving um mm-hmm. You know the the women are really looking to build something new, and I think with the first Ona's Ona's sort of the first mover here, which is like our first idea is why don't we could stay here, but we get to write a new we get to write a new colony, yeah. and it's gonna have our input together with the men, and we'll be equals. And they're like that's not really gonna happen, and mm-hmm. so the obvious yeah. thing from that point is like well then let's just build our own thing, let's take all of that stuff and just do it ourselves somewhere else. Mm-hmm um so i don't know i think i think some of that stuff is interesting as well
1: yeah for sure absolutely um okay that's it Did we like the movie um I, uh, but, uh, <laughs>
0: uh your thoughts i feel the same way <laughs> yeah i mean it was it was fine i it's not it's it's not the best movie of i think this oscar slate, mm-hmm. but um it was fine.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I agree. I didn't, I did not particularly enjoy it. Um, I like certain parts of it, but um, will I watch it again? No, no. I will not. Um, so, oh, hello, Griffy. Okay, so hot takes. Um, I'll go first. I think she said was better, oh. and deserved, and deserved the places that women talking got in the academies.
0: So yes, yeah, she said could have been. Adapted and probably
1: best picture. Well, maybe not. Yeah, maybe not best picture. I wouldn't maybe go that far. But like, I thought it was a better movie. I thought it was a better film. Um, and and maybe even a better book than. than Oh, for sure, a better book. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's you know there you go.
0: My hot take is that this story should have this story would have been better if they called it Twelve Angry Men and there you go that's free that's me snap. <laughs> anybody can that's take that that's a great take there you go back that's when we did take. jokes here that was yeah. that a good joke 12 angry man and i um i love that tip uh, your tip your bartenders
1: <laughs>
0: move your book i'm going book um i think it's just while it was like an okay read i just it was just richer it was just yeah. a better version of this yeah
1: i agree i agree um final thoughts what will we remember most uh i said Midasane saying for meeting minutes
0: that's a good one
1: i just yeah i hate them so
0: i'm done with this but it's like out of my head <laughs> you're onto the next i moved on yeah so my answer is nothing <laughs> okay good i've wiped my brain like with those little uh men in black like mm. mind erasers yeah. i'm gone as soon as i x out of this tab it's over it's, over. <laughs> it's on <laughs> on to the next
1: it's completely forgotten yeah um can we talk about she said versus angry or uh, angry we've been talking can we talk like just for like five minutes yeah um why do you think that this movie got better reviews and more prominence obviously two academy award nominations as opposed to she said similar you know like themes Mm. obviously totally completely different stories but like similar in the sense of like men being uh, sexually assaulting and controlling women um, and sort of like women's response and sort of overcoming of those crimes. Yeah.
0: Accountability. Mm-hmm. Right. I, you could definitely see the Netflix tile. That's like me too movies. Right. Yes, and like yeah, these would yeah. both be in there. And that's kind of a simplistic way to think about it. But yeah. Um, I would wonder if it's, if she said is just a little too close to the sun with like the New York Times of it all and the Harvey Weinstein of it all mm-hmm. and it's just like a little bit too like I don't want to say up its own ass but the idea that like of course we're telling a story like the, of course the New York Times is the good guy mm-hmm. of course like mm-hmm. you, Harvey Weinstein is a monster and it's like it's a really good story that like the guy who used to run Hollywood yeah yeah fell and it's like. I Gra- congratulations him. Hollywood <laughs> <laughs> like you finally did it I know he was running around there for 30 years and you've had a problem for the hundred years before that yeah, yeah, yeah but you've you got him buddy yeah yeah congratulations for you yeah aren't you aren't you just the golden child <laughs> so I, I do wonder if it's a little bit like you're it, don't get too cocky kid like yeah, yeah okay. like congratulations but this is not this is not like the Nixon this is not Watergate right, right this right, is right, kind right. of just like everybody knew he was a fucking creep yeah
1: But nobody did anything about it. But nobody did anything. (laughs) And
0: you all, like, profited off of him. Mm -hmm. You all knew he was bad. You all took the money. Yeah. It was okay. Yeah.
1: I kind of agree with that. I kind of think I would even take it, like, maybe take a sidestep to that. It's like, I don't think they want, I don't think Hollywood wants that, like, publicity again. Like, I think that, like, because he was such a figure in the Academy Awards specifically, that, like, it's almost like, we can't address these questions. (laughs) Like we don't want the media coming up and kind of ruining this celebration of awards. Right. When, when uh, the Academy was at fault for like promoting him and his sort of persona um, for decades basically. Um, Yeah. So that's my kind of like conspiracy theory around this is like, they didn't really want to like promote it too much because it's so, it's sort it's of bad on look. them. It's yeah. on them, sort of. Yeah, uh, as well as like the rest of Hollywood. So,
0: I would believe that. I'm looking at the money. So for what the oh, these two movies? So she said made thirteen point eight million, which basically doubled. Women talking six point eight, but women talking is it was a limited not really been available. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's a limited. It was a limited release at the end of December, and then like at the end of January it became wide. But like it's still not really wide release. It's only like sort of the more independent places that are even showing it i'm not even sure if amc showing it they might be but
0: not not here yeah not at not at my amc which is
1: like crazy it's like a week before the academy awards people want to see it this is
0: this is like the worst part about all of this is like this movie is nominated for best picture and you cannot see it
1: which is crazy yeah
0: where is it why can't i had to go to east
1: street which is like not in my city though. yeah yeah but like for you would have had to do that yeah. you would have had to drive into the city to see it yeah it's like how many movie theaters are in a three mile radius for you?
0: Uh, four, four or five now. Really? They just opened another one, and so yeah.
1: And none of those were showing *Women Talking*. No. Crazy, right? Yeah. Crazy.
0: It's nominated for best picture, and it's you can't watch it.
1: <laughs> what were they showing? What's like the point? *Avatar* still probably.
0: Yeah, *Avatar*, *Creed*. Oh, *Creed*. Yeah, that just um, came out. *Ant-Man*.
1: Get the fuck, get Marvel so the fuck it's, out
0: of here. It's those movies, right? Yeah, it's I not. Get it. I just, you know, if your movie is gonna be nominated for an, like Oscar, have it available online streaming. Yeah, I had to. I rented it on Amazon, so you know, whatever. But yeah, um, what's the point? Yeah, have people watch it? No one's gonna watch the Oscars if they and have Living, haven't seen the movie.
1: Living is not available. I mean, it's only Academy Award not best actor. It or was. It best, was it best actor. He's the best
0: actor, Bill Nye. Yeah,
1: I have to go to Bethesda to watch it. Yeah, this week,
0: <laughs> it's nuts.
1: Which is like not the worst thing in the world, but it's super not convenient. Yeah where where is it out here i don't know i haven't yeah, looked like, it up <laughs> wait you want to go to bethesda with me i don't know <laughs> don't put me on the spot <laughs> but yeah i just I, I just wanted to mention that because i think it's an interesting argument it's a, it's a shame as all
0: these things are that like it has to be you have to pick one yeah um i would get rid of avatar do i need, yeah, I do mean, I need avatar on here no. no um but that's okay but that's lie.
1: a different that's a different argument you have to have a blockbuster, right? That's like the argument these days. Like well, that's you, why they made it 10 movies. Yeah. So you have to support the Top Guns and the Avatars it's the in order Knight to get reason. viewership. Yeah. yeah. Dark Knight was actually good. Don't think
0: well, yeah, that. but that's the reason they have 10 now is because yeah. of Dark Knight. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, if you – I was doing this last night. If you look at all the movies nominated for Best Picture this year, there are like four hits. Like Avatar is a hit, Top Gun's a hit, Everything Everywhere All at Once was a, a hit, albeit a minor one, and then Elvis was a hit. Yeah. That's four of the 10 everything else is a like a bomb Mm. uh the fable men's bombed uh women talking did it bomb Six point eight million people watched Mm. it uh
1: triangle sadness didn't really do much banshees probably bombed
0: yeah i think banshees is doing well because it's on hbo max now Mm. but then that it's just like everything
1: everywhere all at once didn't bomb
0: no that was one of my hits oh it was okay and then there's a there's another one in there that i think tar yeah i don't think people all quiet hard to tell because that was only netflix Netflix, but um
1: yeah tar probably didn't make much is just one of
0: these things where it's like you have the the popcorn flicks and then you have these movies that are better that people like that no one sees and your award goes to the movie that no one ever sees? But like and you complain that like no one watches the Oscars and I know there's yeah. no perfect solution to fix it. Yeah. But it's like get, if you're gonna do this, like make Pick them available. Pick a lane. Yeah, make them available. Just let people watch them. Yeah. Yeah. Like you you have to have HBO Max to watch Banshees. That's fine. Mm. Well, plenty of people get a won't. free
1: fucking trial for right or whatever.
0: This is my point. It's like. If you want to do this give people the opportunity to, to watch the things yeah it's a shame it is a shame anyway this is the last episode of the <laughs> Lones podcast. <purchase>. thanks everybody <laughs> since movies uh, are dead
1: um yeah basically okay cool i'm glad we had that conversation but um we're gonna sign off here check out our most recent episode on white noise which was not nominated but still worth a listen to our podcast uh and worth a read for the book but maybe not a watch we'll see uh, keep an eye out for our next episode on Living, Star Bill Nye, uh, before the Academy Awards come out uh, or are aired next weekend. Um, and any shout outs? Shout out to you. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> That's a very nice idea. Uh, I will also. Yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that. Just a shout out. Play the happy birthday song as an intro. <laughs> Uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening. If you made it this far, we will see you next time.